0: ever heard a joke and wondered, did that really happen? My name's Neil McKay, host of a Vietnam podcast and a comedian. Long before I ever started comedy, when I heard comedians tell the craziest, funniest stories, I would always wonder just this. And if I got the chance to meet them after the show, I would always ask them straight away, did that really happen? Nine times out of ten, the answer was Yes. But the difference between sharing a funny story with friends and telling it on stage is a comedian's ability to take those moments and craft them into a well-worked joke. In each episode of this podcast, we'll talk to comedians from around the world, play you one of their favourite jokes, then ask them, did that really happen? My guest today... Was the runner up in the Saigon Heats of the Vietnam Comedy Competition in 2021. He's a magician and comedian, and his unique blend of deadpan and in depth storytelling is a unique journey that captivates audiences. My guest today is Tom O'Neill. Let's hear his
1: joke. Uh, but I did get married recently. I got married on Christmas last year. Ooh, yeah, we uh, chose Christmas because Jesus took my smile, so I took his birthday. It's only fair. And uh, my wife is Vietnamese. And I don't know if you've ever planned a Vietnamese wedding before, uh, but it turns out. Oh, someone has. Okay. Well, then this guy will know that uh, even picking a wedding date is an ordeal. So, according to my mother in law, who's always right, uh we need to hire a fortune teller to look at the stars and divine the perfect lucky day to get married they'll check the omens and tell me if it's good or bad now i don't know maybe i come from a backwards people but i've just been using google calendar my whole life i never even thought about asking jesus or the sky about the date i should choose oh sorry it was June gemini uh, gemini uh but you know the mother-in-law is always right so we went and hired a fortune teller so we go to see the fortune teller and he goes, oh yes, uh, lucky day, uh, uh, June, June 19th, very lucky. Yeah, uh, that's $50. Okay, Boris, here, just my mother-in-law, whatever. Well, I don't know if you were here on June 19th, 2021, but I was, I was in this city and I called my fortune teller that day. It very angry. I called him up and I said, Hi. Hey, Boris, Hi. how's it going? Cool? Yes, how are you? Uh, no, 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 not, not so good. You know, you said today would be lucky, and uh, I don't think it's very lucky. What do you mean? Look outside, there's something. Well, you see, Boris, the military has shut down the entire city. We're now living in East Berlin, and all the guests got deported. <laughs> so pretty much the opposite of a wedding. And the balls in this guy, he told me, like, no, 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 you don't understand. It is lucky face. Clearly, you're white, not the one for you. She's the one for <laughs>
0: Yeah.
1: This happened very recently, uh, about three weeks ago. We are sitting in a bar, and uh, me and her as strangers maybe talking about movies that we like. And I was saying, oh, yeah, I really like Spider-Man. And someone else said, oh, I really like I Am Legend. And then my wife words out, I don't like black men guys she meets men in black okay yeah it was it was super awkward especially because someone agreed with her before i said anything all right tom did that really happen uh so not quite like it kind of did so we did actually have to hire a fortune teller that is a real thing with uh traditional Vietnamese weddings and it's it's as stupid as you think it is and um <laughs> Like so the industry the industry here actually makes a lot of money off that because uh the wedding planning industry works together with these fortune tellers. And so days that are lucky are actually higher higher priced for bids for hosting your wedding on those days versus the quote unquote unlucky days. What? Uh, it's like a conspiracy yeah, a,
0: theory with big fortune tellers.
1: Yeah, they actually they actually do work together, and so <laughs> like uh you can save like thousands of dollars. We just pick a quote, unlucky day, right? Um, so but what happened was, is uh, most, a lot of that joke is true though, right? So uh, when the COVID lockdown hit Vietnam uh, back in 20, 2020, uh, most people were here on tourist visas and, and business visas, right? And so uh, into 2021, uh, around April, 2021, the visa laws in Vietnam changed dramatically, and they started really cracking down on shell corporations that uh, gave a lot of people business visas. And now my visa at the time was good until uh, July. However, we had just been like extending, 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 right? There's no jobs available at the time, so there's no work permit. And... When we were told, okay, June 19th was the wedding day, well, then April came and then the visa situation happened and I got a little nervous. And so I told my wife, we should probably start these, the, the, the marriage license earlier. And so we started all the paperwork in April and then we signed the marriage license on uh, May 31st. And she wanted to wait until June 19th. And I told her, I don't trust your fucking fortune teller I want to sign the damn paper now. And so we signed it. And literally three days later, the country shut down. Uh, And we couldn't have any gathering over 10 people at that time. And so the office that would have done the marriage paperwork was also closed. And then about 10 days after that, literally three days before the morning ceremony, uh, the whole country shut down. We're not allowed to have any kind of gathering over like two people. Uh, at that time. And so um, my wife was actually at my in-laws at that time. And so we were separated uh, during the lockdown period for about a month um, and we couldn't see each other. And so what we ended up doing was uh, we had to use my company, my motorbike rental company to create a a CEO needed document, which required her to transfer over to district seven So we got her through security uh, so she could just come visit me. And you have to remember before marriage, you're not allowed to live with your wife. So even though we were technically married, we didn't have the ceremony yet. Right. So in the Vietnamese culture, we're not married. Well, turns out she came over and then like a day after coming over the paper we used to get her there didn't work anymore. So now she was stuck at my place for the next three months. Uh, so, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't a very lucky day. So, and and then most of the guests did actually get deported. Um, <laughs> about half of my friends, their visas their visas got expired and they weren't able to renew, or they got blacklisted because their travel agent got them a the shit visa, uh, or they were just you know not here at the time of the of the ceremony. But yeah, it was it was a pretty awful time. Um, and so that's, that's the, 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 true origin of, of that joke is, uh, is where that came from.
0: It's funny how, uh, we can make humor of these things, make light of these things. I think I was just talking about it on the last episode with Ankita that, um, you know, I remember when I got locked up in government quarantine and for 17 days on a hard mattress and people are like, well, not a mattress on a hard wooden bed. People are like ah, oh, don't worry about it. You'll get a good comedy out of it, and I was like, fuck off! Like that, there's nothing funny about this, and I didn't come up with any jokes about the situation for months later. It takes a while to like kind of process it, and then it's same again. We've just gone through another lockdown, and people are like ah, oh, you'll get some good funny material out of it, and I'm like, no, it's fucking not funny right now. But I'm sure eventually I will. So what was the experience like of going to a quote unquote fortune teller?
1: uh so well for me it was kind of stupid you know right like i'm just i'm paying money for them to just tell me a random date like uh you go there and you you give them the money they pull out some charts and then they just they're speaking in in vietnamese it wasn't a russian fortune teller it was a vietnamese where did that
0: come from i remember hearing you tell that joke and thinking to myself what the fuck is he Russian? He's a Vietnamese fortune teller. And then you mentioned something about you're like, I don't I can't remember what you said, like, I don't know why he's Russian or something. But where did that just oh, randomly no, happen, or was there a reason for
1: that? Oh 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 no, there's a very there's a very good reason. Uh there's a lot of Russians in Bung Tao and I can do a Russian accent, not a Vietnamese accent. <laughs> if I do if I do a, yeah. if I do a Russian accent, it's perfectly okay. But if I do a Vietnamese accent, it becomes a racist really fast, you know?
0: Yeah, I mean, I do. I do the same thing. I do a joke where it's like a Vietnamese parent speaking, but I just do it in my own voice, and then it makes it even funnier because I go, "I don't know why the dad has a Scottish accent," and it's for the exact same reason because I can't do. I'm not even going to try and mimic a Vietnamese accent. One because I can't do it, and two because it would come across as in- as incredibly racist and insensitive. So yeah. that makes sense then why it was Russian. I was wondering that at the time. <laughs> I was like, "Why the fuck is this? Why Russian watching? Russian fortune?"
1: <laughs> I mean, Russian fortune tellers exist, too. And, and actually, now that, um, now that the war with Russia has started, uh, there's a new tag I've added to the joke at the end. So now after the evil Russian fortune teller tells me that I should divorce my wife, he then says, oh, yes, by the way, no, uh, I, clearly your wife, not the one for you. Okay, I go invade Ukraine now. Goodbye.
0: <laughs> oh, that's good. So, so just go on then. So, what happened? You went to the, the normal fortune teller, not the Russian fortune teller. What does he do? Does he weave incest? Incense? Does he... Uh,
1: yeah, so there's some incense, and they pretty much just pull out some charts. And then, uh, I don't believe any of this shit. So, he was just taking my money at this point. Uh, How much did he cost? I think it was like 400K, something oh, yeah. like that. It was like four or 500K. Yeah, it's my, my mother-in-law and the wife... Yeah, the, my mother-in-law and my wife went there, and I pretty much just walked in, looked at him like, whatever. I don't, I don't give a shit about this. and just waited outside for a uh, for a good day. Oh, and then th- this was the funny. This was the funny part. Uh, after we picked the the Christmas Day wedding, right? So we're like, okay, we're getting married on Christmas. My mother-in-law uh, said, "Oh no, you need to go back to the fortune teller." <laughs> and I immediately shouted, "I heard her! I heard her say that on the phone!" And I immediately shouted, "Fuck you! <laughs> no, we're not." <laughs> Does she speak English? No, she doesn't.
0: That's why I could say it. <laughs> um, So how, t- tell us a little bit, like, how do you come up with your jokes? Because, again, the whole point of this podcast, obviously, is, um, and now we're up to episode 16, the answer to the question, did that really happen, is it's kind of yes and kind of no. Like, it's kind of more like the way you answer that you're like, yeah, but no, it's kind of based in reality and and what it is and this podcast is is proving that most comedians don't take like exactly what happened and then share it on stage. They, they, they change it, they adapt it, they put things together, they add a punchline. What's your process then from taking that situation that, that really happened and then making it into a funny
1: joke for the stage? Well, I would say that uh, the best, the, the best jokes, like the best lies come from half truths, right? Um, so The joke needs to be grounded in reality for it to be believable. However, um, when a funny event happens in real life, it's really difficult to replicate that feeling for the audience on stage. So something funny could happen to me in real life, but I was there. I could see it. I could hear it. I could smell it, you know, and replicating this emotion on stage. If I just tell the story exactly how it happened will often fall flat to a third person or fourth person listener. And so uh what I try to do is I try to exaggerate a few points of the story to replicate the emotion that I felt during the time of it happening whether I want them to feel absurd about this or whether I want them to laugh at this point or that point. Uh like a different joke I have is the uh the my wife joke with the uh the black man the black oh, man, man story. I was going
0: to say yeah I I'm going to add that one in cuz that's too funny a joke. So don't worry then if anyone's listening to this podcast, they'll have already heard that joke, because I'm gonna put it in at the beginning. So explain the man in black joke,
1: cause that's a that's, okay. a that's a great one. So uh so originally when I started telling this joke, I told it like verbatim how it actually happened. And then uh I realized that if I wanted to tell the joke, I have to like take that story and then punch it up a little bit, put in more scenario. And so um you guys have already heard the joke. So let me tell you what actually happened. Um I was Buying my wedding suit and I uh, had my black tie and black suit. And I went home and I showed my wife pictures of me. And she's like, I like the suit, but I don't like the tie. And I'm like, why don't you like the tie? And she's like, because you look like a black man. And I'm like, what? Why? What? Why? Huh? And I was so fucking confused. I'm like, okay, what? And she's like, yeah, you look like you look like you're a black man. I don't like that. I don't like them. And I'm like, do we have to have a conversation? Like, what the fuck are you talking about? And she's like, the movie. And I'm like, sweetheart, do you mean Men in Black? And she's like, yeah, Men in Black. And just, I just lost my fucking shit. I was just laughing at her for like 15 minutes straight. Uh, and so then when... I told the joke originally on stage, but it felt too short. And so I wanted to pair it with my uh, my language my language struggle joke. So now I have two of them. I have the, the we're at the bar and then my wife said the full pa and then someone agreed with her before. Yeah, I love Because that is one of those
0: did that really happen. You would hear that joke and you'd be like, that really happened? Because you could just totally imagine someone at the bar being like, Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah. And so that's uh, so to create that story, I thought, okay, how can I take this funny story that happened intimately between me and my wife and make this like into a visual, a, a visualized event? Like I want the audience to be there with me when I do the storytelling. I want them to picture the bar. I want them to picture the setting like they're just a fly on the wall watching this skit occur. And so that's what I like to do with my comedy is try to put the audience members in the story with me. I want them to follow along.
0: And that that is the difference, though, really. I mean, you've explained it perfectly. Like, that is the difference between... And it, you see it often with people who are new to comedy, which is totally normal, and I'm, I did the same as well, as they get up on stage. I remember seeing there was a girl coming came through open mic one time, and she was, like, travelling through Southeast Asia. And it was just one of these things where she, obviously her friends were like, oh, you're so funny, you tell such funny stories. Go up on stage at this open mic and and do your thing. And she got up, and, you know, she was... The story was like mildly entertaining, but it wasn't stand-up comedy. It wasn't funny. And it was just really obvious mm-hmm. that this is a situation where your friends all find you hilarious and you are probably so funny to hang out with, but it just doesn't mm-hmm. work on stage like that. And that is the difference because you then need to be able to take all these little little comments, literally like just a comment, and then turn it into something that you can. I like the way you explain that. Like, you know, bring the audience in, make them part of it. You've got to make sure that they visualize what you're talking about, right? And One of the things I've played about with over the as I've been developing my own comedy is just little physical cues, like just moving your arm or or, like you know that joke I tell about um, uh, like lockdown Love Island, and if you want to make out, you've got to put a mask on. And then all I did recently was added that. Well, the line used to be, you know, if you want to like get in bed together, you've got to wear blue PPE gear. Oh, well, sorry, it used to just be you've got to put on PPE gear. And then I just changed it to blue PPE gear because right away everyone can visualize what the blue PPE gear guys look like here in Vietnam anyway. And then all I did was did the motion of putting on the PPE gear with like my hands, with my legs going into it. And just by Mm -hmm. adding the word blue and that physicality of putting it on, the reaction increased so much. It already got a bit of a laugh, but it just increased. And it's just those little... Things that, exactly like what you're saying, just to bring the audience in to help them visualize it more so um
1: yep no that's awesome. and i i and I find like uh one thing I've been doing with a lot of my uh jokes is um because i I naturally speak with a, a relatively high vocabulary, but when I tell my jokes, I actually uh purposefully try not to use uh higher vocabulary because there are English as second language listeners, and so uh when I'm telling a joke uh whether or not I like For example, I had the wheelchair joke where, um, you know, uh, people make fun of my facial paralysis and they say, uh, oh, I bet you have a great poker face. And I'm like, yeah, you shouldn't say that. Like, I don't go up to guys in wheelchairs and say, I bet you're amazing at arm wrestling. You know, it's just it's a rude thing to say. Mm. However, I used to say paraclegic. Uh, And then I found out that only native speakers would understand the word paraclegic. And even then, like, maybe not so many, but like just doing simpler words like guy in a wheelchair. Uh, or yeah, in your case, like scripting yeah. a PPE, uh, like blue PPE and then do the suit. Like that just allows our brains to connect it really quick. And like most of our audience members are drunk, so they're not yeah. going to be very, <laughs> very gone, uh, quick with it, you know? <laughs> well, I
0: think you did you do the show with me at the rabbit hole when people didn't know the word oncologist? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, proc, was it a proctologist? proctologist? Sorry. Proctologist. Yeah. Yeah. Which yeah, I that... was shocked at cause I'd told that joke so many times and it always gotten the reaction that I expected. And then this was the first time I could hear people in the audience go, or what it was I saw a, a Vietnamese girl turn to her partner and say, what to know, what's a proctologist? So I saw that and I was like, Oh, and then I explained it, you know, again, second language. So it's not her fault. Yeah. It's a difficult word. But then there was like the white guy in the front row was like, what's a proctologist? And I was like, wow, I can't believe so. Yeah, that's a good point as well. I got to just change that and be like, just make it more simple and be like the, <laughs> yeah, the ass doctor. Yeah, the arse doctor. Yeah, that's
1: it. Yeah. Uh, and and so like a couple, there's, there's a couple things that I'm trying to work on too with some of the other jokes. Like uh, I have the orphan joke that I really love. Uh, it's one of my favorite jokes. Um, but I don't know. I feel like, I feel like the punchline. Do you, Do you know the orphan joke? Remind me. Uh, the orphan joke is, uh, so Vietnamese. Uh, so Trojan condoms are really expensive. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. they cost like seventy seven thousand Vietnam dong for a three pack. Do you, Do you know how many orphans I could feed with that? I could feed twenty five orphans for the low low cost of making another orphan. Uh, I love that joke. I love how dark that joke is. But I, I wonder if. Um, if that kind of like style talking about orphans has like a delayed kick or maybe it's just like people don't want to laugh at the orphans, you know, I'm not sure uh, on that one, but I was thinking about switching it to like instead of orphans just saying hungry children because that's easier to visualize.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, could do. Well, you got to try it out, right? That's the thing. You just got to try it and then see how it goes. Well, mate, this has been awesome. Thank you so much. I will see you soon. I'm sure we'll be doing a show together sometime very soon. For anyone who's in Saigon, make sure you check out Tom O'Neill. He performs all over town. Check him out on Facebook as well. And he was uh, a finalist in the Vietnam comedy competition. I say was because I don't know, has there been any updates on when the final will be?
1: Uh, So I think they're just... Ending 2021, uh, just as it is. And they're going to just do a new one for 2022. Yeah, and it and makes that's sense. the
0: current plan. For anyone who's not mm-hmm. in Vietnam, we were pretty much locked down for all of last year. And the comedy competition heats was like one of the last events before we got shut down for about six months. So yeah, that, that probably makes sense now that we're already nearly into April. Well, mate, awesome speaking with you. Um, and I will see you very soon. Cheers.
1: All right, Neil, Thanks for having me
0: thank you for listening to this episode of did that really happen a new podcast from 7 million bikes i've been your host neil mckay if you enjoyed that and want to hear from comedians around the world about their jokes and if they are true then make sure to follow and subscribe from wherever you are listening from right now and follow 7 million bikes on social media the links are in the show notes cheers